Let me add my word of appreciation to Jim Jenkins and his ministry here. Um, Ken was not exaggerating when he said that there aren't many areas of our church life that Jim has not touched or informed or shaped. Uh, one of the reasons is, is um, <laughs> when we didn't know what to do with something, when we knew we needed a particular thing but didn't know what it should look like, and, and we would call him Jenkins. And we would say, hey, Jinx, we got to get this thing done. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know who should do it. We don't know how it should work. And, and we would let Jenkins off the leash, and he would run out and, and talk to everybody in the country uh, and come back with the job description, the ministry goals, and, and most of the time, who we should hire for the position. Uh, that's how we get Jim Baker, uh, was, was a recommendation from Jim Jenkins. Uh, so that happened all the time. And so we kind of stopped putting job descriptions on his card. We just put Jim Jenkins uh, because we have assigned him so many places and he would come in and tell us, okay, we'd fire him from that job and we'd go get him another one. Uh, and he did that um, countless times for us. And honestly, there are not many places in this church that Jim has not had his fingerprints on. And uh, a lot of who we are comes out of this man's heart. You have heard a lot of discussions about servant leadership and all of that. That's what it looks like. And Jim will be very, very grateful uh, for your ministry for some time to come. Now, uh, when we reap the harvest of that, you know we're going to take full credit. You know that. So, uh, uh, but that's just the way we are around here. I love going to the movies. Uh, but I especially love movies where things blow up. Uh, I, I'm not into these self-discovery movies and people find their feelings. I want something to blow up. <laughs> so I really love those movies where they blow doors open. Uh, they call it breaching. Uh, and, and believe it or not, our military and our, and our, 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 our policemen, uh, our police officers go through a lot of training and learning how to knock down a door, to get in a door that is locked. And it's not as easy as you think. And you've seen the comedy shows where, where this guy wants to be a hero and he'll run and jump up against the door and the door won't give. Uh, you have to understand how the door is constructed, where the weak spots are, and so where you kick. And you actually have to be trained in how to kick a door open. And if you get on YouTube, you can see a lot of fails where a police officer tried to kick the door open and it, it didn't. But you know, they designed shotguns now, uh, the, uh, a slug for a shotgun uh, that will blow a door open, will blow the handle off a door and open the door. Uh, they have uh, battering rams that they'll knock the door open with. Oh, but the best one is shaped charges. Now get this, they've got explosives that they can direct the, the, the aim of the blast. And so if there's a drug dealer or terrorist on the other side of the wall, of this door, they can put this shaped charge on there that will blow the door open, but that's all it will blow open, just the door, bam. And then they'll run in, you know, uh, and get the bad guys because the bad guys will, will still be dealing with the concussion from the, uh, from the explosion and all of that. It is, they didn't have that when I was a child. Uh, <laughs> I would have had some fun with that one. Uh, but you know, there are some doors that are locked, that are barricaded, that are reinforced, that people just do not want open. So we blow them open. 
You know, 2,000 years ago, God breached the door between eternity and our reality. He blew that door open. And we haven't been able to shut it since. So the writer of Hebrews remind us, stand with, with us in honor of God's word. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet was without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. For boldness we pray, Lord, not only the boldness in our witness of testifying about your goodness and greatness in our lives, but boldness to approach your throne, to receive the mercy and the grace that we need. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Therefore, therefore, because of this, then that, because of what I have just been teaching you, now this is the way we want to apply it. Therefore is an important word in the New Testament. Paul uses it all the time. So does the writer of Hebrews. It tells us that once I have explained this reality to you, therefore this is how I want you to apply it. This is how I want you to understand it. The problem with the word therefore is you have to stop and reread everything you've just read to make sure you understand now how the writer wants to apply it. Therefore, because in chapter 1, I presented the case that no one is like Jesus. He's above every angel, every power, every entity, every other God. There is no one like Jesus. Chapter 2, he was made for a short time to be under the angels. He was human, fully God, fully man, obedient to the Father even to death on the cross. And because of that, in chapter 3, God has exalted him to be the high priest above everyone. Now, because we have this high priest, therefore, since we have a high priest who is Jesus, the Son of God, hold fast, hold tightly to the confession. What is the confession? Jesus is Lord. Hold on to this reality. Don't let your circumstances or situations shake you from understanding and believing and living in the powerful truth that Jesus is Lord. Now, most of us are situational believers. We're going into work. All the lights are green. We don't get caught in traffic. Jesus is Lord. Amen. <laughs> all right. Next day. Lights are all red. We get caught in traffic. Jesus, you have abandoned me. Why did you let this happen to me? We're always situational kind of, this is what the ultimate truth, the ultimate reality, 
the divine transformation has already happened and will no longer be up for debate. Jesus is Lord. He now is on the throne. We're not even discussing that anymore. Hold on to that reality because we have a high priest who understands what it is to be human. Don't be afraid to talk to Jesus about what it is to be human. We have a high priest who is tempted in every way like we are. In his first temptation in the wilderness, the first temptation is to make bread out of stones. Are you going to be a Messiah who is ruled by his desires? Are you going to be someone who is ruled by his stomach? by his passions? Are you going to be somebody who does whatever he feels like doing simply because he can? See? Tempted in every way like we are. Are you going to be a, a Messiah who lives by your popularity? Jump off the top of the temple. Put on a good show. Are you going to be someone who measures his or her self-worth by the number of followers you have on social media? tempted in every way as we are. Are you going to worship the wrong thing, thinking that another God or another, pa another passion can give you what you really want? Worship me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. Worship me, says your job. Worship me, says uh, your, your money. Worship me. And I'll give you everything you want. And some of you are sitting here right now and you are where you always wanted to be. Only now to realize it's not what you wanted at all. The price you paid in your own life, the price you paid in your family's life, it's not what you wanted at all. Are you going to be somebody who's driven by the wrong gods to end up in the wrong place? Now, I've lived long enough to have those prayers where I've walked quietly into the privacy of my own prayer life, and I have knelt down, and I have said, thank you, Jesus, for not giving me what I wanted. Thank you, Jesus, for not giving me what I asked for. Thank you for loving me enough to say no, because what I thought I wanted, I now see I didn't want at all. Tempted in every way just like you are. Gethsemane, is this the only way? Is there a wrong way to do the right thing? Is there an easier way? to do the heroic thing? Is there a softer way, a safer way to be obedient? Tempted in every way just like we are. Now I tell you all the time, sympathy's overrated. I'm feeling bad. Your friend says, yeah, I'm, I know how you feel. That doesn't help. I want somebody says, yes, I know how you feel and I know how to get through it tempted in every way as we have been. Thank you, Jesus. Yet was without sin. Praise Jesus. Amen. I don't have to be captured, held hostage, imprisoned by my failures and by my mistakes. I have a Savior. I have a high priest who knows how to deal with it and who knows how to overcome it. 
So because of that, I can approach boldly. I can go to him, doors open, doors breached. I can go to him boldly. And I will get two things. I will get mercy. I will get understanding of what it is to be human. Jesus understands it's to be human. Do you realize that if you bat 300, we'll put you in the Baseball Hall of Fame? Did you know that? Just about, if you just bat 300. Okay, let me tell you, for you guys who don't follow baseball, let me tell you what that means. Uh, a batting average, how many times you hit safely uh, uh, when you are, are batting, is, is, uh, is a total of 1,000. So if you, hit a, if you got to hit every time you were perfect at the plate, you would bat 1,000. If you are out, if you fail seven out of ten times, you bat 300. If you fail eight out of ten times, you bat 200. Most professional batters bat somewhere low 300s, high 200s. We assume that you will fail seven out of ten times. And if you can do that, we'll put you in the Hall of Fame. Why? Because most of us are 0 for 10. Most of us are 1 for 10. I'm going to receive mercy. I'm going to have, have a Savior, a high priest, who understands how hard it is to be human. Being a good husband, being a good wife is hard. Being a good father is hard. A few years ago, someone walked up on a discussion with me and one of my sons. He turned and left, disappointed with what I had told him. A friend of mine looked at me and he said, that's tough, isn't it? And I said, it's like playing three-dimensional chess all the time. You know, he's going to say this, I'm going to say this, then he'll say that, then he'll do this, and I'll have to do that. All the time. It's exhausting. And sometimes you get so tired, you just want to punch him in the mouth. <laughs> Don't. I just made the point. Don't just. It's hard. It's hard being obedient in an unfaithful and ungodly world. It's hard. You know what grace is? Doing hard things well. Basketball season again. So I'm watching basketball. And you know, sometimes when you watch basketball, you look at what they did, the players did, and you go, yeah, back in the day. <laughs> Other times you look at them and go, what did they just do? How did they do that? How do you dunk from that far out? How do you twirl like that? Where did that fake come from? And then you realize all of the, the, the dynamics that had to happen for that move to work, and you realize that move is impossible. If I tried that, I'd be in traction. <laughs> but they make the spin, lay the ball in, run down the court like ain't nothing to it. Oh, yeah, there's something to it. I know how hard that move is. Grace doing the hard thing well. So I approach the bold, boldly. I come to Jesus boldly. 
he understands what it is to be human. I get mercy. Tough out there, ain't it, Mike? Yes, sir. It's tough. I need grace. I'm filled with grace. I run back out into the world, and I try to be a good husband. I try to be a good father. I try to be a good friend. I try to be a good pastor. I try, try to be a good witness to those I know. Don't, and I run out. Right? Some days it doesn't take long at all. Right? What do you do? Go back. See, that approach boldly is a repetitive action. Keep on approaching. Approach and go back. Approach and go back. Approach and go back. It is go out into the world till you exhaust the grace you have. Come back and get more. Now, how many of you were old enough to remember a screen door? Okay, you had a screen door in your house, right? Infuriating during the summer, wasn't it? The slamming of the screen door. Right, because the kids, you know, we throw them the door, run in. They're not going to stand there and catch the door. and let, nah. We gone, bam, 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 all day long. Finally, somebody loses it. Stop slamming the door, okay? Have you got that image in your head? That's what, that's what Hebrews is talking about, okay? Run out. Exhaust your grace. Run back in. The slamming of that door, opening and closing, opening and closing, opening and closing. because the door's open. You see, remember I told you we hadn't been able to close the door when God breached it in Bethlehem a couple of thousand years ago? We tried once. We did. We put a big, big stone in front of that door, and Jesus breached that door too. So now on this Christmas season, You and I look at an open door. Now, I know. You're thinking of all the times you have messed up. Thinking about all the times you failed. I'll remind you, we didn't gather here this morning to talk about all your failures or talk about all my failures. We'd never get out of here. We're here to talk about the greatness of Jesus and hold fast this confession, Jesus is Lord, and to remind you, I don't care where you've been, what you've done, that door is open. And you can go in and find the mercy you need and find the grace you need. That door is open. We haven't been able to shut it since, and we can't shut it now. So approach boldly. I had a rule with the boys. The boys could always get to me. They always knew the door was always open. I always had my phone with me. I'd answer their call. And they walked in all kind of meetings. They'd walk in counseling sessions. Uh, they'd walk in budget meetings, personnel meetings. And they'd walk in and tell me, hey, we're going to go to the gym, shoot basketball, or hey, you need to sign this test or something. There was always something important. <laughs> but here's the deal. You don't know when it is going to be important. 
And so you want your kids to know, hey, he took all those other stupid calls, he'll take this one. Sometimes people look at me and I shrug and say, hey, they're more important than you. Do you understand that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying? And when you get off the elevator on God's floor, you can walk past security. You can walk past the secretary. And you can open the door and walk in, wipe your nose like all kids do. Hi, Daddy. The door is open. It'd be a shame for you to miss Christmas because you wouldn't walk through a door that's already open. Approach boldly. Let's pray together. Oh, with your eyes bowed and your, your eyes closed, your head's bowed. I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot. I, I just know life's hard. But I know the door's open. So you can receive the forgiveness you need. You can receive the healing you need. You can receive the hope you need. And it's yours for the asking. Now, I know I'm saying a whole lot, just a whole handful of words. That's why our counselors, our friends, our, our, our ministers are out next to a table that says next steps. We want to help you make that next step, whatever it is for you. For some of you, it's to come be part of Brentwood Baptist Church. For some of you, it's to walk through that door for the first time and receive the mercy and forgiveness and the salvation that Jesus Christ died and now raised, now raised from the dead to offer to you. Christ has come. And this morning, he's come to you. He's waiting for you where you are. The church will wait for you as you come. Lord Jesus, every life is now open before you, every heart. So we pray the choices we make are exactly what you want.